Now it's time for the Disney View podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his Grand Circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, but understands Disney's place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. Come along and hear Dave's thoughts about Walt Disney World and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host. Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, I am up at the Walt Disney World Resort today, just hanging around, trying to see as much as I can see, and I want to present back to you some information and things that are happening around here. I actually went into the Magic Kingdom this morning for a couple of hours and just spent a little time and rode some of the classic attractions like uh, the Haunted Mansion and the Pirates of the Caribbean, stopped in the Tiki Room and had a little fun with it. Oh, and I did catch the notorious Banjo Brothers and Bob. Don't know who they are. Uh, they've been a group that's been performing in the Magic Kingdom for as long as I can remember. It's two banjo players and a tuba player uh, playing Disney hits and all kinds of other uh, favorites. One really cool feature about the Haunted Mansion is the new interactive element that they added 
with the hitchhiking ghosts. As you go along, they actually interact with you. They read your magic band and they figure out what's going on with you. They get your name. If it's your birthday, you're celebrating something and they interact in that way. That was really cool to see. Oh, and one more thing about the Magic Kingdom. While I was there, I went up to the hub and saw the new area that they've created for the fireworks viewing. And it's really nice and it's set aside and they've done a nice job of kind of making it look pleasant and approachable and whatever. But I don't understand the artificial turf that's there. I can't quite figure that out. It gives it a different feeling and kind of takes away from what the hub really was to make it something where you're having an event. It's just kind of strange. It just doesn't quite fit and I can't quite figure that out. It just looks strange. But it's really nice. It took a little lay down on the grass, took a little nap and it was pleasant. And now I'm over at Disney Springs. Now Disney Springs has changed dramatically. I took a walk through it and uh, I'm actually standing right in front of the Cirque du Soleil La Nuba show right now. And I'm going to walk back through to the other end to catch a bus to go to another destination. So I'm going to take the recorder with me so you can kind of hear it. The thing that I noticed, there's a cacophony of sounds. It is so loud here. It's unbelievable how noisy it is. So we'll go through and I'll show you what's, uh, what's happening. I'll talk to you about some of the things I see. And also wanted to share with you that I went to Morimoto Asia. Now, I highly recommend this. I'd always wanted to be, go to a Morimoto restaurant, and I finally did. Now, this one's more Pan-Asian than it is traditional Japanese, but it was wonderful. It was a great meal. I ordered the duck nasi goreng for lunch. I was debating about that and whether I should get that or whether I should get, they have like this uh, sampler that they, that they serve. It's like a you know, set lunch plate that has a bunch of different things in it, including soup and salad and uh, some vegetables and a couple of different uh, entrees you can choose from. But I decided on the duck. And it was really good. It's just like um, Indonesian fried rice, basically, with uh, some duck in it. And a really, really tasty dish. And they put a fried egg on top. And when you cut into the, the, uh, the sunny side up egg, it just drips into the rice and just makes it that much better. It was really an incredible dish. And it comes with this uh, slaw on the side that that's the best word I can use to describe it. It's like shaved vegetables and some, some uh, lettuce, lettuce and some cilantro and some spices and some papaya and some other things. It was just really, really good. It was uh, one of those meals you just walk away from and you go, it was a little pricey, but well worth it. Uh, you know, that's one that I would be like, come back for. I would absolutely come back and have, a, have another meal there because it was that good. So uh, really enjoyed that. Wanted to share that with you just because it was such a great experience. And now I'm going to wander off and we're going to walk away from Cirque du Soleil. We're going to walk toward the uh, Disney Quest and we'll pass that on our right here and the uh, smokehouse is on our left. So we'll walk along and you can start hearing some of the noises that are coming from all these different buildings. And there's the House of Blues on my left. And a little bit ahead of me is Wolfgang Puck. And then uh, coming up is uh, Curl, Fit to Run, and Splitsville on my right. And then the AMC 24 Theaters. Now, as you've heard on previous podcasts, um, each of those is kind of fun. Splitsville is a nice place to go bowling and have a little fun, have some nice food. The uh, AMC 24 Theaters, this, the uh, Fork and Screen is a fun place. And uh, Cirque du Soleil. I really enjoy that. I, I like that show a lot. Bongo's Cuban Cafe. So this section was once known as the West Side, and it was brought in later after they had already built the uh, downtown Disney Marketplace and they had already put in Pleasure Island. 
So this was the last part to be put in. So it's the part that's the most complete and already has the shopping and the wide spaces that you would expect for sort of a shopping district. Over on the left, just past Bongo's, are the uh, food trucks. And they're out here right now. They aren't serving at the moment, but they're all out here. So you got the uh, delightful dishes from Fantasy Fair from the Magic Kingdom, the World Showcase of Flavors. And looks like there's space for another truck in there, but the truck is not there at the moment. And there's space for another truck up in front, and that's not there in the moment either. So we've got the uh, superhero headquarters here on the right, Starbucks on the left, of course, the ubiquitous Starbucks. There's the Harley Davidson up on the corner, but right next to me is the Star Wars Galactic Outpost. Hmm, interesting. I think I need to go in and have a look. Lots and lots of Star Wars themed merchandise. The force is strong in my family. Keychains, pins, buttons. Fun store, but uh, a lot of just a lot of miscellany and Star Wars merchandise in there. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Got the uh, characters in flight off to my left as I continue along here. The garages would be off to my right, uh, so you can walk back that way and head off to the garages. The orange garage is over there. I believe the uh, blue is a blue garage. I think it is. It's a little bit further up and off to the side on the other side. It's, I think that one's still under construction. Now we're about to cross the bridge that would have headed back into Pleasure Island. This is what's, what was once Pleasure Island. Uh, is now part of the, the whole complex of Disney Springs. So the bridge used to be behind the West End stage. So the West End stage was up here, and this is where all the performances would be, and different people would come and do different shows. And the comedy warehouse was off to the right. It's not there anymore, of course. Looks like Planet Hollywood is still coming down. They're tearing it out, or parts of it anyway. Interesting. And they're working on a restaurant off here to the left. And off to the right is STK, the steakhouse. Still being worked on as well. Coming soon, it says. Uh, the building to my left... Oh, that's going to be where the Edison is. So the Edison will show up there. Paradiso 37 is in front of me. Yeah, this is... I'm just remembering this as being Pleasure Island and the way it looked at the time so different and yet so much the same has that same sort of feel to it that same sort of vibe yeah, I've got some shops and restaurants in here the art of shaving on my right Sen Sank Senna on my right as well still passing uh, Paradiso 37 on my left the ganacherie on my right it's a chocolate shop yum Sound Lion, Apex by Sunglass Hut, okay, then off here to my left is the Sasagula Steamboat Company, can get you to different places, get you to resorts, where can you go from here, you can go to the west side of the Marketplace Dock, and you can go to Disney's Old Key West Resort and Saratoga, Saratoga Springs Resort, okay, good to know, by water there. So I'm at a corner here, and this corner used to be, um, I'm trying to remember what, what exactly was here. I think the uh, Beaches Club was here on the corner, right where I'm standing, to my left where the hangar is now. And I believe that if you went down the other way, you're headed down toward eight trucks, if I'm not mistaken. No, that's where the Comedy Warehouse was. It was right on that corner. That's right. 
and so you had uh, you had that there, and that, I guess the West End stage was actually in that space where Morimoto, Morimoto is now. So if you look down that way, you have the Irish Pub, um, uh, Raglan Road, and down on the corner is the Morimoto. Um, so just as you make your right, and to your left here is the uh, Hangar Bar. The Hangar Bar. I'm going to take a look inside. It looked like it was a little fun. I just want to take a peek and see what it looks like. It's Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar, so it has a tie-in to the uh, Indiana Jones franchise. Theming in there is kind of nice. It's got some uh, interesting things like the um, propellers and so forth that are hanging down from the ceiling. So kind of interesting. And then you got these old boats off to the side. And then straight in front of me as I walk back out and continue on the path is the um, boathouse. Uh, I had to think about it for a second. On my right is the uh, Vivoli 2 Gelato. Oh, Gelato. Yeah, always a good choice. Always a crowd pleaser. And then, uh, so here with the boathouse, you also have the Amphicars. Where these are the cars that go down in the water and uh, actually uh, go in the water and, and ride around in the water and they take you on a little tour there. So for a few bucks, you can go take the tour in the water. I'm not going to do that today myself, but it sounds like it could be fun. All right, continuing on my little journey here. We're gonna go make the right and go up this way. So things, let's see, this used to be, I'm trying to remember what, which way this went. So off to my left here, this is where the, um, uh, the fireworks factory used to be and the big Jessica Rabbit was up on the wall here. And to my right, this is where Mannequin's the dance floor used to be, and now it's the Chapel Hats. It just looks so different, it's so weird. Because you, know, you used to have this, this great thing that looked like an industrial complex that was here, and it's not here anymore. It's so strange. But that's progress for you, I guess. That's the way it is. Okay, and then uh, as I end, reach the end here, this is where we would be, you were leaving the Pleasure Island complex and heading back over to downtown Disney, or what was the De Disney Village Marketplace at the time. And um, off to my left is the, uh, uh, what do you call it these days? It's going to be the Paddlefish, which is going to be the steamboat that's there. It was the Lily Bell at some point, then at some point it was the Fulton, uh, Fulton's Crab House. And uh, now they're renovating it to make it something else. And it's just, it's kind of sad. Again, it's one of those things that, you know, that had that linkage to Walt Disney again, where it was something that was, uh, was going to be his. And kind of as you're looking at the, at the, uh, the boat, to your left is the Portobello, Portobello Italian Kitchen. And we'll continue along here. And off to my right is T-Rex, the restaurant. Still some walls up here um, as you walk along. There's still some places where there are walls. Let's see. Going along the way, you would run into the Lego store and then the World of Disney store, and then go along. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take this left. There's a left that goes across to the other side to get me closer to the rainforest, so I'm actually going to go that way for the moment. So everything here looks kind of like it did when they first started opening Disney Springs. There's not any major changes. As I look across, the Lego still, store is still there, the Ghirardelli's still there. Some of the store names have changed, but uh, for the most part, it's the same stores that have always been there. The Rebus Brothers, you can see that over in the distance. A little mismatched, is uh, up ahead of me. You can't miss it because there's a giant sign on it. The Lava Lounge and the Rainforest Cafe. Look along in Disney Springs here. As you come around, you can see the uh, side of the boathouse. Kind of hoping somebody would be in the water today um, doing the tour but it doesn't look like anybody's launching today, so that's okay. We'll just keep going around. And this is a new bridge that they put in. This uh, bridge did not used to be here. A little loud here, but 
This bridge did not used to be here. This is a new piece they put in. You used to have to walk around the other way in front of all the stores that are there. Uh, so the Starbucks and the Ghirardelli and everything else is there. Now you can kind of take this shortcut and get over this way. Eh, clever. Makes life a little bit easier, perhaps. That's the Rainforest Cafe you're probably hearing. All right. And here we are back around. There's Earl of Sandwich off in front of me. Ring carvers. A few other things around. The Art of Disney. Days of Christmas. You can see the carousel over there. The little carousel they have here. So, you know, things have changed dramatically. And uh, I've shortened this up. I obviously edited it for time a little bit. Um, it took me approximately 20 minutes to walk all the way across from one side to the other. So, uh, just to give you an idea of how it, how it kind of goes. It's, uh, you know, the distances are not that great, but it takes a little while to make your way around. As I was walking along, I was like, I wonder what it's like to walk over to Saratoga Springs Resort from downtown Disney. So I'm doing that right now. There's a little bridge that comes out and around back by where the uh, Christmas store is, and you just kind of come out. And uh, you're back in Saratoga Springs. You're on the other side. It's kind of a neat little way to get away from it all. Uh, a little quieter over here, a little more secluded. It's really kind of nice. So in case you were wondering, the next park I picked was actually the Animal Kingdom. Why the Animal Kingdom second? Because the bus came. <laughs> That's the reason I'm going to give for it. I actually was uh, taking the bus today, and it actually turned out that that was the next one that came, so that's where I wound up. And why the Magic Kingdom first? Because I wanted to be there for rope drop and just to hang out for a little bit and enjoy it in the morning. The quietness of the morning there, it's kind of fun. So I had a chance to, uh, to go in, and um, now I'm in the Animal Kingdom. And the thing that I wanted to do was go ahead and renew my annual pass, so I took a little time to do that as I was coming in the park. And here's a little tip for you. I get some of these gift cards from time to time for various reasons. Sometimes they come from associates, sometimes from work I'm doing, sometimes from people I know, they give them as a gift or something. It's a little gift card. It's like a $25 gift card or something. And um, I use those toward my annual pass, and it makes it very easy to just continue to keep my annual pass going because I just collect them. I just have them sit there for a while, and then I come to the parks, and I go ahead and say I want to renew my pass, and I just hand them to them. They tell you when you're checking out that they can only accept three forms of payment, but it's not exactly true. <laughs> As we learned, you, they can actually take multiple forms of payment. Uh, they can just keep running them until they get to, uh, get to the point where it tells them they can't, they can't take anymore. Uh, so it actually works out pretty well. It makes it very easy to just continue to, uh, to put some money on, the, on your account and uh, be able to pay for your pass that way. You can, of course, th use their monthly payment plan, but I don't. I just go ahead and pay for it, and I'm, and I'm done. So as I was coming over on the bus, I saw the uh, Avatar land that was uh, being built. We came around the back way, and uh, we got to see a little bit of the, uh, the Avatar Land from the distance. So I have a couple of pictures that I snapped. I'll put those out there. Kind of interesting. It's, uh, it's an intriguing look at what they're building. Look, I may not love the idea of Avatar, and I may not love the whole Avatar franchise, but Disney is doing it right. When you see the pictures of it and you see what it looks like, you can actually see that it really is something remarkable. They're building something that's pretty unique and interesting, and uh, it, looks, it looks right uh, from what I can see. So that makes it kind of worthwhile in its own weird way. Even though I'm not a fan of it, I think Disney is doing it right. So next up is the Hollywood Studios, and as it turns out, I got selected for a screening. So I get to take everything out of my pockets. I love that. Not really. Pain in the neck. I carry a lot of stuff in my pockets. So that's the way it goes, I guess. All right, so let's see how this goes here. 
Get my pass out somewhere. There we go. All right, how you doing? Perfect, thank you. Thanks. Okay, so here I am in Hollywood Studios. What I wanted to do was uh, look around here. I wanted to see what changed with all the walls that went up and also to see if I could see the um, Star Wars launch bay. I wanted to see what that looked like. Heard some mixed reviews about it, so I wanted to check it out for myself. Hollywood Boulevard looks pretty much the same as it always did. Hasn't changed, at least for yet. At least yet, looks kind of the same. And without without the um, hat in front of the uh, Chinese theater, it actually looks about right now. It looks like the you know the way the park was originally intended. It looks closer to the way it was originally. Though there is a stage there, but it's definitely better, less in, in your face kind of a thing, where you can actually see some things. So interesting how this uh, plays out. So I just want to walk around here for a few minutes and take a look around. See what I can see. Okay, so I'm in the launch bay. Uh, let's see, I'm gonna try and see Kylo Ren here. Let's see how that works out. There's some interesting movie props. I see what people are talking about. There's not a whole lot to see here. There's some interesting things, but it's not phenomenal. So, uh, interesting the way they redid this, because this is where I saw Baymax last year. Funny. Saw Kylo Ren. It lasted for like, you know, 30 seconds. He talked to me about being a, a sympathizer and he, he chased it out of me or whatever. It was clever and it was cute. You know, take the one picture and then he storms off, you know, like he's mad, he's, you know, he's petulant. Okay, you know, not bad, but uh, not great either. The interaction was just, you know, it seemed something like, I guess Kylo Ren would have done, but just felt kind of strange. Uh, I'm gonna skip Chewbacca, he's here too, but I, uh, I've seen Chewbacca enough times that I think I'm good with that, I don't need to see Chewbacca. Okay, I think I'm gonna have to side with the people who said that this really isn't all that interesting. It's kind of there. It's not really all that special. It's it's okay. Nothing great. Oh, here's the Jawas. Uh, last time I was here with my son, we had a great time trading with the Jawas, so that's kind of fun. Um, it's always entertaining to watch them and see how they interact with things. But, you know, that's that's cute and all that, but not sure that it's that interesting, you know, beyond, beyond what's going on. It just feels like it's, you know, it's so new and they need more. They just need something more here. Uh, I guess because they're still building the Star Wars land, they want to try and get some kind of hype going. They don't want to miss out on it completely. So they've got this going on, and uh, it's okay. Um, I'm not overwhelmed by it, but uh, it's alright. I have no major complaints about it. Not worth going out of my way for, certainly. I have to say that the Star Wars launch bay was really underwhelming. I had heard mixed reviews about it going in, and people had told me different things. But mostly what they said was that it seemed like it was missing something, like it wasn't as complete as it could be, like they hadn't done as much as maybe they could have done. And I have to agree with that. It feels like they fell very short of the mark. Usually, typically, Disney is really good about exceeding the expectation of really going that extra mile, of making something that's really compelling. But for whatever reason, this one isn't. It reminds me of the space they used to use for different shows that they would do in the studios. For a period of time, it was related to Narnia. Then it was the Jack Sparrow adventure and so forth. And each of those was kind of underwhelming. Like they tried to create something that was just sort of off the cuff and were hoping that people would eat it up. And in this case, it's the same kind of a thing. Yeah, there's some movie memorabilia sitting around and you can meet Chewbacca and you can meet Kylo Ren and they're great characters. And Kylo was having a fun time interacting with me and the cast members who were around were really doing a pretty good job of 
promoting the characters and kind of doing it and they were fun and interactive and I, I you know there was that but it just was missing something that was really tangible it really felt like you were being immersed in the experience like it was they had put some thought into it it almost felt like there was no thought put into this at all it just kind of came together and it's like yeah we're closing off half the park to put the star wars experience later but in the meantime, here's a couple of things that are really not that good that hopefully will keep people coming to the park and keep you interested. It's kind of the way it felt when I came out of there. I didn't stay around to see the stage show because I had already seen it on YouTube and I was like, eh, don't really need to stay and see that. The Trials of the Jedi over at the Jedi Temple, that's more or less the same thing they were doing with, with the Padawan Challenge that they had going on before. Slightly different theming, but essentially the same thing. So I've seen that too, and that's okay. It's cute, but it's still missing something that really is significant, that feels like it's really something. And the funny thing is, when I came home, I started talking to a friend of mine about the Star Wars experience and everything, and he said, yeah, I had the similar experience when I went to see it, and I was totally disappointed by it. I was expecting so much more. And he goes, but at least we have Star Wars weekend to look forward to in a few weeks. And I went, um, sorry, dude, there's no Star Wars weekend this year. And he goes, wait, what? And we had this moment where we both thought about it, and we went, well, how is it that they're going like a whole year without having any real immersive Star Wars experience where it's really something cool? It feels like everything's kind of thrown together and they're just trying to put something out there, but they're not really being creative and coming up with something. I'm sure the Star Wars land will be great once it's done, but what do we do in the meantime? What do we have to look forward to? How is Disney really capturing our imaginations in that period of time in between? It feels like they're not. And I'm kind of disappointed by that because they missed the mark on this. And I don't know how they missed the mark or why. It just feels like they did. And it's kind of disappointing. It's kind of a letdown in a way. So as you walk back by the uh, Toy Story area, the whole back part is cut off. So you basically, right after you get past Toy Story Midway Mania, there's a wall. So you can't go any further than that, which is kind of weird when you think about it. Uh, it's just, you know, they, they just cut off the back part of the park because all of that part is under construction. Everything back there is under construction, so you can't get around that way. Um, I went through Walt Disney's One Man Dream, and the thing I noticed was there weren't as many exhibits. There were still some models and some things there, lots of pictures, uh, lots of photos. You know, at various times they've had actual artifacts from different things that have come up, um, different things that they've created that Disney had worked on at some point in his life. Um, right now there doesn't seem to be a lot of it, and I'm guessing it's because they're making some changes based on all the... Uh, other things that are happening. They don't want to be putting a lot of stuff in there because they're going to take that part that away too at some point or you know, remodel it at least. So I think there's a, a little bit of time they need to spend on that. And so in taking, potentially taking some stuff away, uh, I think they're trying to uh, just limit the amount of stuff they have to move out. So they're just not bringing new stuff in for now. I just want to see what the other side of the park looks like too. Lots of walls up different places. another stage show here. I noticed they took the animators' handprints out from behind the animation. What was the animation building? That was the launch bay. So they put them somewhere. That's too bad. Those were kind of interesting to have there. A historical artifact to some of the great animators. Come around here. I'm just going to loop around through here, I think. More walls. The ABC commissary is here still open. I understand the writer's shop is still open, but you know, it sort of doesn't have anything much in it. We'll see that in just a minute. 
Of course, the Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater is still open. So at the moment, New York Street still stands. It just, uh, it's just blocked off, so you can't get to it. Interesting. Writer shop, I always kind of enjoyed the way it was. Oh, it's so completely different now. It's not the same place. So there's the, uh, New York Street is all closed off, and that's too bad. We walk around this way, and we can see the, um, Star Tours attraction is still here, of course. That one will remain open, regardless. And you can come around the other side, and what's on the other side? Probably a way to get to Muppet Vision, right? Yeah, there you go. So the, uh... New York Street section is closed off there, so you can't get to that. But you can come around, go past Tatooine Traders, and actually wind up in an area where the courtyard is for Muppet Vision. Got it. Right in front of you. But of course, Pizza Planet is closed too, so... <laughs> you know, it's just kind of an awkward uh, fit of things, mix of things they have going on right now. Some of the things that are not here, and some of the things that are here, and whatever. So yeah, the whole back side of the Muppet's queue is closed off. And so you can walk up to the Muppet queue. You can't get around to the back side and see the, uh, the old queue anymore, really. You can see it a little bit, maybe, but yeah, with all the interesting little uh, work they did on the uh, piping and so forth, because they don't really use that uh, part of the queue anymore. Pizza Planet is closed, and I still don't understand why they made this awkward building Pizza Planet, but whatever. You go around the back side of um, Up Division, so where the exit is from Up Division, there's another wall there, so you can't get anywhere behind it. Mm -hmm. And then as we walk over by where the Pizza Planet is, it looks like it just goes back toward the company store, the Studio One store. This is the Studio One company store. You can wander back this way. And that puts us at, in front of uh, Mama Melrose's, right? And it looks like we end here, and then there's another wall off to the side. Snowman's still here. It's kind of a shame that all the stories, the whole place is different. Everything's different about it. About the way it's all laid out. I do love the sign in uh, Mama Melrose's. It, uh, as you walk in, there's a sign greeting you. It says, In Vino Veritas. In wine, there is truth. As I took the bus ride over to the studios, I started thinking about something. The entrance to the studios is a little bit awkward. You come around on Buena Vista Drive and you make this kind of sharp turn into the main entrance. And as you come up to the toll booth, it's only three lanes wide. It's kind of strange. There's one booth there and a lane for cars on either side. Then the bus lane is off to the side. Now think about the entrances to the Magic Kingdom that has 14 separate lanes and really widens out and it's easy to get into when you come all the way from the farthest reaches of the property on a fairly major road and you never have to make a sharp turn. Epcot, there's a turn off, but it's a gentle turn that's off of the main road. And you come to nine lanes, that, that's eight for cars and one for buses, so there's actually four booths there. And even over at the Animal Kingdom, it's a gentle turn off of the main road and you come up to the toll booths, and again, there's eight lanes there. And buses, in this case, come around the back side and don't actually come through the main entrance. 
So it's all very well thought out and well planned, except for the studios. The studios has just got that awkward feel to it when you come up to it. And I would probably estimate there's about half as much parking there as there is at Epcot or the Animal Kingdom. It's probably way less than half of uh, what it is at the Magic Kingdom. But it's interesting that the park was laid out that way with the parking lot. And that's because originally it was supposed to be a real working movie studio. And the attraction area was sort of an afterthought. It was something to bring people in, but it wasn't intended to be a theme park in that sense. So I was thinking about that as I'm going along. And then after I got home, I saw some information about Disney applying for permits to change the way the entrance to the studio's park would work. They actually want to make a new entrance ramp that would be off of Osceola Parkway on the southern edge of the park and bring people in at a more gentle turn and have actually applied to create more toll booths there to make it an easier entrance. Now, I think I also saw, but I wasn't sure, that they also want to enlarge the parking area. With Star Wars Land and Toy Story Land coming, this will be a major theme park in the, on the order of some of the other ones. So you have to imagine that they want more space and, more, and they want more ease of access so people will be able to bring their cars in, have plenty of parking, and have no traffic jams at one toll booth. found that interesting because it made me stop and think as I was coming up to it, and then I happened upon the article that they are actually doing something about it. Hey, kudos to Disney. Oh, and speaking of which, since I happen to be looking that up, I did notice there's some major changes coming to the Magic Kingdom. I'll have to talk about those in the future once they become a little bit more clear what they're doing, but it looks like there's going to be some changes in the way that they bring people into the parking lot and sort of the traffic flow around the area. And now that the Speedway is gone, they have a little bit more space to work with, and I also know that they want to bring people up to the actual resorts, the Grand Floridian, the Polynesian, and the Contemporary, through a separate lane that would go over the toll booth rather than having to go through the toll booth. So we'll see how that all works out, and I'll give you some more information when I find out about it. All right, and finally, my fourth park of the day is Epcot, as you might have guessed, since I, this is the only one I hadn't been to yet. And you can hear the um, band playing over at the uh, UK Pavilion. They're doing a, a bunch of covers of uh, British songs. I think, it, I think they're called British Invasion. So, kind of fun. So one of the things I like about Epcot is that they always have some sort of novel thing going on. And today happens to be the Flower and Garden Festival, too. So I'll be taking in a little bit of that as we go along and uh, enjoying it and uh, get to, get to uh, kind of partake a little bit and see how it all works out. And that's what, uh, that's what it's all about. Epcot always has something interesting going on. So before I headed out, I had a chance to stop by Trader Sam's and check it out and see what it was all about. Now I gotta tell you, it looks like a lot of fun. It is mostly just a bar. It's a, kind of a tiki bar, but it's an eclectic bar. And it was really kind of fun. I hung out for a little bit, just uh, tooled around. Didn't grab a drink, but uh, was kind of hanging out and talking to a couple of people. And it was, it was a lot of fun. And then all of a sudden something would happen. And the regulars in the bar, because, well, there were a lot of them, they would react to it. It was actually kind of funny. Uh, but it was really pretty neat. You know, a lot of cool thematic stuff that's in there, like some things that are 20K related, like the giant octopus that's uh, hanging off the ceiling. Uh, and it's got its tentacles sticking out. And, of course, the uh, light-up drinks, and uh, you had the Nautilus mask, and it was really kind of neat. It was very clever and cute and kitschy and, you know, just the kind of thing that's right up my alley. I really, really kind of enjoyed being in there for a little while. Uh, that's another place that I'll have to go back and check out in more detail another time. But uh, just kind of fun to, to be in there. You know, another thing I wanted to just see because I'd heard so much about it. So in all, it was a pretty fun trip. It was only a day trip, 
and I did make it to all four parks and I tell you what I could have spent probably all day in any one of the parks and had a great time would have been nice to have a longer vacation out of it but it just didn't work out that way for me timing wise but I got to see a lot and do a lot and hang out and have some fun and see some new things that I hadn't seen before which is really what it was all about for me and uh, really just enjoyed experiencing some of the things that were going on and it's always nice to see the Epcot Flower and Garden Festival and all the topiaries that they have out and some of the fun things that are that are laid out there so that was well worth the uh, time that I spent there well there you go that's my podcast for this week I hope you've enjoyed it and remember if we can dream it we can absolutely do it Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View podcast. We hope you had a pleasant stay and arrive home safely. Please remain seated until your ride vehicle stops completely. Then, gather your personal belongings and step out onto the moving platform. And yes, I know it went by so quickly, but don't worry. One of the nice things about traveling on this podcast is that the journey is just beginning. Show notes are available on DisneyWorldPodcast.net. While there... Please check out some of our affiliates. You'll also find links to Dave's iPhone and iPad apps. There's an app for pin trading, one for finding hidden Mickeys, and an app for finding and tracking pressed pennies around the Walt Disney World Resort. And you never know just what Dave is working on next. If you have questions, feel free to drop Dave an email at davesdisneyview at gmail.com. Original music you're hearing in this podcast is Oslo Doom by Gilberto Gil. Of course, this is a fan podcast and in no way affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. 